0: Doctor Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 331.
1: One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs, and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.
2: Our lives are different too
0: Hey, 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 who fans? Welcome back to another week. This is episode 331. I hope you're keeping well, keeping safe. Hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. related. Well, bloody hope you've done something Doctor Who related. There's new Doctor Who on the telly. Exactly. Indeedy. Do you do anything Doctor Who related? No. Not watch any new Doctor Who? No. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Fair enough, then. All right, then. So, Wardus and Tyrants, dude.
6: Indeed, yeah.
0: Indeed, yeah. We're going to come on to our review of that very shortly. We're going to um, uh, just quickly whiz through some of the overnight figures and AI index and stuff that you guys love. We know you love all that, all of that (laughs) stuff. But uh, first of all, I've had a really uh, quiet week on the old Who front, dude. But I know you've been to something, though. What have you been up to?
6: Yes, that's right. Yeah, I uh, popped along to the BFI event, uh, a screening of Galaxy 4, the new animation that's coming out
0: what's that like dude? I mean in terms um not the event because the event's always awesome but what's the animation yes. like on that one?
6: Yeah actually I, I was slightly worried about the animation because it's a different team. Um obviously we we just had Evil of the Daleks release which was quite impressive. And uh, this is a different team animation team and it's the guys who did Fury from the Deep which I I've got to be honest I really struggled with. It felt very static that animation. So I was a bit ooh because Galaxy Four it's not renowned as a a classic because it's not renowned as a great story anyway so I thought if the animation's a bit ropey uh, it's going to be a bit of a slog Uh, but actually uh, well yeah as you said BFI events always great Uh, it's a huge uh meetup you know so many people go to it now it's a really cool uh, to meet friends that always go and there's some people that was their first time there which i've spoke to on twitter for years so huge meetup that was great the animation uh actually i'm really relieved to say it was really good mate really enjoyable it's, it's not quite as slick as evil of the daleks it's you know it's not quite up there but what they've done is they've made it visually uh Good, if that makes sense. So it's really bright colours, and they were talking about it in the Q and A that they wanted to make it a bit like a sort of sixties Star Trek episode, where everything's oh, really sixties and vibrant. So, yeah, um, it, it it's a yeah, it's a massive step up from Fury from the Deep. I found it very enjoyable. Um, it's only four episodes as well, uh, whereas Evil was seven, so that was quite <laughs> a long day. But yeah, four episodes, it flew by, and I I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I'm pleased to say the animation's good. It's just so. Uh, colourful and vibrant, you know, like the shots of the desert with the TARDIS and it just looks so beautiful on the big screen. So, yeah, it was a really good day. And they did a, a quiz afterwards. Remember me and you used to go to the Doctor Who quiz in, where was it? Was it Shoreditch? No.
0: Um, I think it was around Bethnal Green sort of area. Somewhere like where that, I, yeah. yeah. Is it a Quiz yeah, or so Rassilon?
6: Quiz or Rassilon. So they actually did a quiz in the BFI this time, which was really cool. So we went upstairs to this uh sort of room i think they call it the blue room or something and uh, we did a doctor who quiz afterwards so that was really good fun as well so it's a, a brilliant day those those bfi events mate they're just they're the best i tell you
0: they're awesome yeah where yeah. did you come in the quiz uh
6: fourth out of i think six or eight I can't, i'm not sure how many teams there were but a fourth respectable actually there must have been more than eight teams because i'm thinking there was quite a few tables but yeah fourth dude not too bad. Obviously not too if shabby. you'd have been there, yeah. you know, we may have come a little bit higher. Who can say? <laughs> I we, doubt it. We but don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> we might have, we might have plummeted to la, last no, so yeah, yeah, four for respectable.
0: Oh nice dude. Oh, I'm glad the that Galaxy, it, format. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Galaxy but, format, I think you'll like it. It's it, as I said, it's um The Chumleys. Yeah, the chumblys. yeah. Yeah, it was good. Hmm. Oh Peter Purvis was there as well. <laughs> I nearly forgot got to say that. Uh, yeah. Stephen Steven Taylor himself. And um, you know, he's great in interviews. I don't know if he's so um old school Peter and he just he's not afraid to speak his mind and I, I kind of like that in this day and age he just got up on stage and was talking about Hartnell got he's got a lot of respect for Hartnell and I think he really likes to make sure that people remember that you know if it wasn't for Hartnell we wouldn't have Doctor Who now sort of thing so yeah it's great to have Peter Purvis there and he did a little signing afterwards and stuff so yeah He's a top guy. I like Peter Purvis.
0: Oh, nice one. Yeah, that is important to recognize that all the time without Hartnell, yeah. you know.
6: Well, there was there were lots of bits where he was getting laughs, you know. Uh, Hartnell's doctor, he's, he's, some of the lines, and um, he's quite irascible. And there were loads of bits, and I was thinking, you know, Hartnell really is a great doctor. And I think we always think of him as being grumpy and, and serious, but actually he's, he can be quite funny as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that came out. And that's the other good thing, isn't it, about watching it in a... Uh, in a room with lots of other .dot two fans you sort of all the laughter and that comes in the right places so you're all laughing together and you notice things more i think
0: mm. yeah oh, that's cool man yeah
6: yeah so it was a good day mate it's a good day we've got i think the next one's city of death uh at the beginning of december so that should be good fourth doctor
0: good good story that one
6: yeah it's always nice to have another one to look forward to because you get i had that real thing on the monday of like i had such a good day on the Sunday at BFI, and then I woke up on Monday morning, and I was like, "Oh, I feel all depressed now." Mm-hmm. And it's like, because it, you know, it's that that downer, the Monday downer after a BFI. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
6: So it's good to have another one to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. cool. And Maria was there. She's done a write up of it. Our, our roving reporter, I saw Maria, and uh, yeah, she's just done. You've just published it, haven't you? She's done. Yes, little, on the
0: website done, now. Yeah,
6: about the event, which is yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, they're really good those write ups that Maria does. Mm. yes so you can check that out yeah yeah a few pics her opinion on the story itself and the animation and some of the q a and behind the scenes stuff yeah it's good it's all good oh nice one dude uh representing the old blue box exactly Big i must box. get
6: myself a new block, blue box t-shirt as well so i can represent us properly because the one that i've got is a bit tight now <laughs> i've had a think i've had a few too many beers since i bought that that t-shirt and uh, i think the design might have changed as well actually it has yeah i it need some, some new ones. designs i need yeah. to get a new one off the website yeah
0: yeah uh it's been around the wash about a million times as well my one yes. so, yeah. <laughs> well that's cool dude uh, the only thing i've done like, i've hardly done anything i've just started reading that book though the long game that book like, i got delivered oh, like yeah. before last yeah so that's really good so far very very cool so um yeah well, i'll give you a, i might do a review on the website or something when that's done but that's very good so far.
6: Yes, I've got my eye on that book. Yes, I want that. It's just I've got so many books at the minute, I'm trying to
0: resist buying it. Yours, <laughs> yes, yes. uh And uh, for last week then, so the um, the and and Tyrants that landed last Sunday, uh, before we crack on with the rest of the show, just a very quick update on how that did. So 3.96 mil were the Ooh. overnight. So it's dropped a little bit, but we knew it would though, it always does. It always does, After yeah. the first one. So it's a drop of about half a million viewers from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but as uh, many uh, um, websites and outlets that report in the figures, they all say the same thing. You know, it's not unusual for the second episode of anything really to, uh, to dip a wee bit. So the final consolidated figure for the first one, uh, Halloween Apocalypse, that was 5.79 mil, which is not too bad in the end. That's no, not bad. It's not too bad, yeah. And uh, that made it the ninth most watched programme on British TV. For mm. that evening, which is not too bad, and then the appreciation index score for War of the Sentinels was seventy seven.
6: Seventy seven. Okay. What was what was Halloween Apocalypse? Well it's,
0: only, well, it's only got by one, so he's uh, seventy six. Got by four. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, still not the highest scores in the world. Still not, you know, setting the world on fire. But you know, we'll see how the rest of the series goes on. But
6: that surprises yeah. me, mate. You know, because uh, I jumped on Twitter after watching the app. And, uh, man, it was full of uh, positivity, which is very unlike Twitter, isn't it? (laughs) It is, yeah. I was thinking, God, people really seem to have liked this episode. Um, So, yeah, I was expecting. I'm not surprised about the ratings. It is a little disappointing to see it dropping under 4 mil. But, um, yeah, I thought the AI might have been better. Who do they ask? Who are these people? Who are these grumpy so-and-sos they're they're asking for the AI (laughs) figure?
0: Yeah, they're meant to be impartial. They're not. They're supposedly, anyway, not meant to be just pure Who fans. It's meant to be... It's Uh, around... I think I mentioned this last time. It's around about 5,000 people. And they don't just rate Doctor Who. They, you know, make them watch a a bunch of programs for the week and then they rate them and stuff. So it's meant to be relatively impartial, I suppose. But I don't know. But yeah, 77, the AI index for that one. And we'll see how it goes for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. So before we crack on with our review and whatnot... Remember to follow this show, whatever podcast app you get your podcast on, so you don't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. Head over to the website as well: www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. All the eps are there to listen to, uh, listen for free uh, to, plus all the. Um, Uh, roundups uh, like we mentioned maria's review of the bfi event is on the website and uh, we do loads of big finish reviews there from our writing team those guys are awesome Uh, so go and check those out as well we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links are on the website and we have a free discord server come and uh, hop into there and uh, chat plenty of doctor who with other who fans and lastly remember to check out adam over on youtube titled the geeks handbag go and do it
6: Go and have a look at my channel. We've got A new a new vid will be out today, if you're listening to this on on Friday when the podcast comes out. And I've, oh man, I've been slaving over this one, I tell you. It's a <laughs> mega unboxing video. It's taken me, yeah, I don't think I've ever had so many edits to put together. It's uh, So yeah, I'm very pleased with it. So please go and have a look at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, go and have a butcher's. Yeah, some yeah. great stuff on Adam's channel. He's on the socials too, under the same name, The Geeks Handbag. So come and get involved in everything. Come and, come and get involved in the very cool community of Who fans that we have so go and do that right dude review time what are we on
6: yeah so it's the second part of Doctor Who Flax <laughs> and this one's called War of the Sontarans end <gasps> the universe Crimean War
2: 1855 Mary Seacall Mrs. Sequel to you please tell me you're not about to engage Sontarans in battle God, God.
5: I accept your offer of a massacre. Fire! Copia the post of the Sakaran Empire!
2: No. It won't. Leave this planet now, and you get to leave alive.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> <laughs> i love that sontaran he's <laughs> <It's> just brilliant
0: <laughs> war of the sontarans then chapter two of doctor who flux mm. doctor who series 13 flux chapter two these are long this is long isn't it i know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so no need to go through the first broadcast who so, as we know it was uh, last sunday the 7th of no of november and it was written by The Chibs, of course, directed mm-hmm. by Jamie Magnus Stone and stars uh, the new TARDIS team now, so Jodie Whittaker, Mandip Gill, and now John Bishop as Dan Lewis. And the synopsis for this one is it follows on straight away from last week, as all of these will do, because it's one big story. And the uh, the, the the Doctor and, and Yaz and Dan have landed uh, back on Earth, back in the... um. Uh, back in the uh, the Crimean War time, so whenever that is, the eighteen or something, and um, the uh, the Centaurans are, are the main focus for the story. So they have uh, anticipated the flux and everything, and so they've imp- they've they've planted themselves throughout Earth's history with a bid to take over the entire planet uh, through time. So the Doctor and Yaz um, uh, have teamed up because Dan is um, is back on. He's back on Earth uh, with his frying pan or his wok uh, to try and take out the centaurons of what's happening there in the current time. So he's back right where he left off pretty much. Uh, his house is still gone and all that stuff. Uh, Yaz then gets transported over to um, this other place um, with Vinda and, uh, and Swarm and Azure turn up and, uh, and try and fix uh, this uh, rather interesting um, uh, thing in this temple uh which looks to be time locked, so quite weeping angel kind of things going mm. on, which is kind of weird. And uh and they all sort of coalesce towards the end with the doctor and Dan turned up and yeah. It le- leads on to a bit of a, a decent cliffhanger, is the first mm. one did. So War of the Santyrons, dude, did this do this for you? Was this a, a good carry on from last week or was the momentum gone?
6: Mm. Well, there's there's still a lot going on in this one, isn't there? Um, But it definitely had more room to breathe. It was a a slower-paced episode for sure. Um, And an hour-long, this one as well. So I think last week's was, what, 50 minutes? So proper hour-long episode. Um, I watched this when I got in from the BFI on Sunday night because I was really desperate to watch Doctor Who I thought I can't wait till tomorrow I actually left a little bit earlier <laughs> to specifically to get back not in time to watch it but in time to watch it before I went to bed and um I think I must have been a bit knackered mate because I I was getting quite bored halfway through I was like I was thinking oh this is quite slow and yeah the Santarans invading Earth come on what's what's going on here um and it kept chopping and changing to different things like this you know the the room you talked about with uh swarm and that so I liked it on the first watch but I, I wasn't I was a bit like, no, that that wasn't as good as I was hoping. Uh, so I rewatched it on Tuesday and um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I was thinking, gosh, I, I must have just been so tired. I think, you know, maybe I just wasn't didn't have the, you know, willpower to sort of watch it properly. And uh, because it is an hour long, it does feel that little bit longer as well. And I think that's what I was feeling the first time I watched it is. uh you know, about sort of three quarters of the way through, I kind of wanted it to wrap up and it seemed to be dragging a little bit on a first watch but yeah, a second watch, I really did enjoy it, I really took in the story uh, and the performances as well and I love the stuff that's going on, I think this is the thing that went over my head on the first watch possibly because I'd had a few drinks uh, so watching it sober <laughs> probably helped because I, I did, totally didn't pick up all the stuff uh, going on in that room I don't, don't know what it's called, you know with the the thing that Swarm and um, uh, Azure, that room that they're in, which I think is the tunnels that have been built, is it? Is there some sort of tie-in to the tunnels that are being built? Um, I'm not
0: sure, because I, I thought that where that they ended up appeared. was the... I thought that was the planet time that they ended up on.
6: Yeah, that's I, Yeah, that's right. But then that guy with the beard, you know, from the 1800s or whatever, or 19. I don't know. Yes. That guy that's yep. building the tunnels with the big beard, he was there at one point, which, of course when I first watched this, totally missed that scene. Uh, so I'm thinking, <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's tying in with it. Um, and I thought the Santarans were great, They'd, although they are terrible shots. That's the, one of the things that really annoyed me on both watches, that they can't seem to shoot properly, and they're supposed to be trained, you know, uh, that's what they do. The stormtroopers
0: of Doctor Who. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yes, that, that did bug me, I have to admit, how r- ridiculous that was, that they were just shooting like... Fools and missing everybody um but no overall I, I i really enjoyed it there there is a lot to take in i mean theres there's the start as well in in black and white with that really creepy house that looks like something out of cabins in the woods. I was like what's that and we we don't go back to that at all um so i'm really intrigued by that another sort of thing that that chibbers has thrown in i mean i can 't believe how much he's got to uh, you know uh, that he's thrown in that he's got to explain by the end of these six episodes. I really hope we get some decent answers for this stuff because it's a great build-up, I think. Um, so yeah, just to summarise, I thought it was a really good second episode uh, to Flux. Um, I thought there was a, a good story in it. I liked the characters, uh, Mary Seacole. Um, I'm amazed that at my age, Doctor Who is still educating me <laughs> because I I'll be absolutely honest, I've never heard of her before. Um, so I looked her up and I was like, okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, Dr. Who's still doing what it set out to do all the, all those years ago. But thankfully I think in this episode doing it in a much more subtle way than perhaps we've seen in uh, some of the other Jody episodes. So, but it got a thumbs up from me. I, I really enjoyed it on the second watch and enjoyed it a lot. Actually. Thought it was a good, solid episode, not perfect. There are still little niggles of course. Um, but great cliffhanger once again, just left me going, Oh, <gasps> can't wait for next week you know that's and that's what i want from dot 2 i just want to be really looking forward to every week again which is at the minute what's happening so yeah so it gets a thumbs up from me dude but i'm glad i gave it a rewatch. <laughs> yeah because i did yeah i uh, yeah, wasn't overly impressed
0: on a first watch so yeah nice. what do you reckon nice yeah it's a thumbs up for me as well dude on this oh, one. good cool yeah uh, like you said it's not perfect but then again what tv show or film is perfect you know Mm. if you're searching for the grail then that's a that's a hard road to um to go down but in terms of carrying on from next week it does i'm loving this whole this is where Chris chibnall really should have just this is his bread and butter right he should have just done Mm. this when he brought doctor who back because this whole broad churchy uh series arc that lasts for you know six episodes it really suits his style of of writing and producing you know so
6: i think you're right yeah. yeah
0: so it's it definitely feels like a better format rather than trying to inject this creature of the week reinventing the wheels kind of thing that he did in the last two series where the majority of them unfortunately just fell flat a lot of the time mm. so i'm really liking this whole series that's running through a uh, story arc that's running through and it's also split nicely into a couple of things at the minute and i'm sure 99% sure that they will all come together in the last couple of episodes but um i will be honest i wasn't really too taken with the whole santaran thing in this one mm-hmm. i found it to be a bit stock if that makes sense i found it to be a little bit like if you knew if you know about the santarans that's exactly what you saw in the episode yeah so they didn't okay. he didn't yeah. really try and do anything new with them it was just the same old the Centaurans are all about war, and they want to take over the Earth, and that's literally it. There's no mm-hmm. there's no interesting um, uh, kind of weird or quirky Centauran character that you could pull out and stuff like that. They were all just – it was very paint-by-numbers for the Centaurans. Some of the scenes were okay. They're not too bad. But what I found that's really keeping me going throughout both episodes is this storyline with Swarm and Azure yes like they are such good villains and good they bad really ends, are aren't they? Mm. so that stuff more than anything for me is what's really pulling me through um and yeah it's th- these are not bad watches at all these ones it's a bit of a contrast to the last couple of series that we've had <laughs> quote-unquote we've had to review as we've gone through them but i mean when we were going through i think it was especially series 12 at some point before and after we recorded our episodes we were like you especially were like, dude, I'm really not sure if I can come back week after week and do this because I'm just trashing it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just putting like a real negative spin on things. But fortunately, two episodes in, I haven't felt that way after we've recorded or before. I've not dreaded recording them, putting like Mm -hmm. a two or three out of 10 on it. So I really liked it, dude. It's really cool. And I think Dan is really shaping up to be a cool companion I'm really liking John Bishop. And uh, some of the scenes with him and his parents just really cool. It's, it's almost like it's almost like he's taken a page out of RTD's book mm-hmm. with the character stuff. He's kind of really honed in on on the interactions between the side characters because Dan's parents—they're in it for what five, six minutes overall. Yeah, but they're so likable and the way they've been written and stuff like that, and that really harks back to the RTD era where you could have a character on screen. Just for a few minutes, but they're instantly likable, and they have a decent connection with the main characters and stuff. And you, you know, a bit like a Clive situation, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, a thumbs up for me, dude. It's um, it's really cool. And Calvinista makes an appearance as well. He had one of the best, funniest one-liners I've seen in Who for ages, and that is near the end. Doctor turns up. He's like, "Oh yeah, Doctor's turned up now. All the hard work's been done." Yeah, that, that just had me in stitches. <laughs> In fact, the first on the first watch, I paused it, dude, because I was laughing so hard. I had to pause it. That was such a great one liner. And I'm really interested in that relationship as well, because he turns up to save Dan. And I thought it was going to be a case of, right, you're, once he had saved him, I thought it was going to be a, right, you're now back with me. Yes, you I know. Did. Yeah. But he just lets him go. He's got that, they've almost got that, um, uh, it, I don't know if you've ever had friends in the past where there's something about them that you that that's drawn you to them in the first place, so they're a friend, but you only like them being a friend in small doses. Yeah, like, like
6: they drive you mad, but you love yeah, them really.
0: Yeah, yeah, you couldn't spend hours and hours in their company, but if you bump into them now and then and have a five minute chat, then yeah. you know it's like that. So I feel like that kind of relationship is developing with those two, which is cool. So uh, yeah, so mostly positive, dude. I just wasn't too hung up on the whole Santyron thing, but you know, that wasn't terrible. It was just, you know, it was just really expected and uh, predictable that side of things. But yeah, uh, yeah cool. I
6: would agree with that to a bit. I mean, I, I absolutely, I love the general, uh, well, commander, sorry, Skark, the, the main guy. I, I just think he's brilliant when he was having the face off with the doctor at the end and he's just laughing and he he just revels in all the destruction and all that. I I really love that. And I love the, the way that the actor's playing it. Um, Dan may is absolutely knocking out of the park. I absolutely love Dan. And you know what? John Bishop is giving a really great performance. He's managed to get that balance between playing it straight and comedy. Absolutely perfect. There's a bit in it where he saw, um, like four people being gunned down by the Sontarans and his face mate was just like filled with like um understated horror it was just the look on his face, and I thought man you know John Bishop's uh really surprised me in how good he's acting it's you know I mean I, I thought he'd be good I thought he would deliver the comedy well but he's actually a good actor a bit like um Bradley Walsh was with Graham he's just got that natural sort of rhythm to his acting uh, with him so he's, he's almost stealing the show again a bit like graham did in series 11 dan's all, almost stealing the show but thankfully um there are so many other good things going on at the minute that that's not happening so like whereas graham was clearly the best character in quite a lot of the episodes from series 11 not 12 because he was you know she, shoved at the back but series 11 you know graham really stood out didn't he and, and kind of outshone everybody on screen dan is giving that that level of performance but thankfully there's still loads of other good stuff going on and and, and the performances on the whole from the rest of the cast are really good as well so swarm and azure those guys are brilliant not just the look and 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 the you know the characters themselves but the actors playing them are delivering a very um uh, what would you call it, uh, just a brilliant performance, you know, they've they've managed to get that level between not being pantomime villain, but really creepy, uh, all, you know, it, it's just, a, yeah, I just absolutely love those guys, and I, every time they're on Scream, I'm like, uh-oh, I mean, what a cliffhanger. You you just, I love it when you get a villain, where you just think they're absolutely in control, and how are we going to defeat these guys? Because, you know, when they um, Vinda was trying to shoot them, and they're just laughing at him and like, go on, keep firing. And he's just bouncing around the room and she's laughing and she destroys that funny <laughs> lantern thing that keeps floating around. And she she revels in the fact that she's got the power to do that. They are really brilliant villains and that's something that's really been missing from mm. the Chibnall yeah. era. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm loving those guys. Um, And as I said, just the performances from the cast have really uh, upped their game, I think, in this series so far as well. So I do agree with you a bit about Santarans, mate. It's um, although I really like the minute, mainly because I just liked the performances. I mean, I thought, um, who was the character that Dan Starkey was playing? Uh I, I found that quite slid. Don't know Sflid. his name. Yeah, yeah. So he was um in the hospital, wasn't he, in the mm. beginning? That was quite a surprise, and. Uh, and I was a bit sad when he got shot. I was like, oh, no, Skark is so harsh, you know. Um, but, yeah, because I think of the performances, although I agree with what you're saying, it, it was a bit by numbers. And it did annoy me how easily they were defeated. I think that's the other thing. On the first watch, I was like, oh, God, oh, that was... A, was a, on the second watch, I was like, mm, yeah, it, they were defeated way too easily. They kind of just get up and go. But I think what made that scene was uh, General Logan when he sets fire to the gunpowder and blows them all oh, up and the yeah. doctor goes mad i thought okay that's added an, another element to it because they were just about to go off in a huff which seems really weak so the fact he then did that added something to it
0: yeah that reminded me of um do you remember the christmas invasion where at the end yes when harriet jones blows up the Sycorax as they and the doctor's furious and he's yeah he's furious about that yeah it reminded it had shades of that to me which is very cool I knew
6: it reminded me of something. I couldn't, couldn't place it in my head. Yes, of course, that's exactly the scene I'm trying to think of.
0: Yeah, yes. that was cool that bit actually. Yeah, and um, the bit with Slid in—you know—he's the guy that's in Mary Seacole's makeshift um, hospital mm. thing. Um, that was that was the only part of the Centauran things that I thought was quite cool. Mm. But because here's the thing, though, because um, they kind of shot themselves in the feet a little bit with this, because whenever Dan Starkey plays a Centauran you just think of Strax, you can't think of anything I else, know. you know? Yeah. I And I know, that's kind of the point. They're a clone army and stuff and, you know, they mm. all look and sound like that. I, I get it, but you just I'm just waiting for the humour more than anything. And when he's trying to play it as like uh, like a straight war centauran, which he was in this one, it, I still can't help but find it a little bit funny yeah, just because of the buckets of humour that he's done as Strax over the years. So mm. uh, but that was kind of cool, though, that the Doctor has had a bit of a face off one once-to-one with him. And the uh, and uh, she invokes the parley thing, and he has to abide to it and stuff like that. It's like a war mm. uh, thing. So that was all really cool. And um, the whole Mary Seacole thing was quite cool, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah, another, I've yeah. never
6: heard of her before. Have you?
0: No, I hadn't heard of her. No, no, before. no. Yeah, It was. Um, it's an. It's another one of those things where it, it doesn't have to be a full blown historical like mm. Rose or anything like that. But even in the midst of this made up rubbish. Of science fiction, they can still implant this weird just you know, just straight up real character from history. It's pretty amazing really. And um uh, the woman playing her was quite cool as well. Uh who was that, Sarah Powell? Yeah. Yeah, she was very cool and um Yeah, and I like the team up as well with her and the doctor. You know, when they go off and they do a bit of a recon on the Centauran mm-hmm. camp and the doctor has to lean on her quite heavily. She's like, "You're not going to be tired or anything because you need to be up all night. I need you to make notes and everything." And fair play, she does it. At the end. She's got a notebook, and the doctor's impressed and stuff. And yeah, that was very cool. I love it when the doctor teamed up with somebody that's not the companion because you you instantly get shades of oh, could they travel with the doctor? Could they be a mm. cool <laughs> companion? It's really cool. So yeah, I really like the, the Mary Seacole character. It was a good. It was a good um, uh, contrast to all of the stuff that was going on which was loosely based on history so the whole Crimean mm. War thing which uh in, initially was based on the the British against the Russians so it was kind of based loosely on that but uh didn't have to do much really you just swap out the Russians for the Santarans and yeah <laughs> and away you go so it wasn't too bad so it was nice that we had a an actual person from history to sort of contrast the you know the lunacy that was going on
6: Mm, she played in quite well. I, I felt on the first watch she was a little bit wasted. I thought she didn't do much, but um, but then again on the second watch I think I appreciated the character more. It was a nice performance from Sarah Powell, Powell as well, and it it gave a nice fresh dynamic to the Doctor, didn't it as well? I think that's the thing when you get the Doctor separated from the companions, uh, it was it, yeah, it gives a whole fresh new take uh, on the um, you know the dynamic so yeah i thought she worked very well actually with the doctor i, I wish she'd been given a little bit more to do but the, but there was enough you you kind of got what her character was about and uh, enough to sort of learn a little bit more about the person that was mary seacole and uh, yeah she worked well i think with the doctor and it was, it was it made it more exciting the fact that that scene where dan and yaz disappeared i was like what's going on? Like where, what's happening? You know, it's exciting when we get stuff like that. And uh, again, I think these sort of things have been missing a bit from the other series, whereas the, you know, episodes have just kind of plodded along. This one seems to be throwing in surprises left, right and center. And we're really moving around to different locations quickly. So it's keeping me really sort of invested in what's going on. How did you feel about the resolution to the brilliant cliffhanger from last week though? Because um i again on a first watch i was a bit disappointed in that i thought we were going to get a couple of flashbacks to how they were thrown out the tardis or something because it was kind of all just summed up in a throwaway line of oh we must have been thrown out or something so um wasn't bothered so much on the second watch but the first time i was a bit like oh is that it like you got that massive build up to the end of the universe and then suddenly they're just on the ground and everything's okay but yeah, I found it a little bit of a slight resolution to the to the
0: uh, cliffhanger. Uh, I didn't mind it, dude. Mm. I didn't mind it just because it didn't have to... Didn't need to dwell on it? Yeah, it didn't have to carry the baggage from the yeah. last one, if that makes sense. Because sometimes it does that when you carry over. Uh, it's like, okay... Because um, like cliffhangers in general, they should set up the next episode, which is that, mm. that one did, to be fair you know it didn't it didn't carry over too much but i found it really interesting you know that the opening so you know at the beginning when we see them just on the ground sort of thing there's that really mm. cool almost horror story-esque kind of vision that the doctor has you know that big floating I that yeah just run down house that's sort of floating around and yeah i mean that was i was like bloody hell what's this about
6: People, I haven't read it, but you know there's this famous Doctor Who book called
0: Lung Barrow. Lung Barrow, yeah.
6: yeah. I've never read it. I've heard of it. Um, it. It sells for like silly money on eBay, apparently. It's like the holy grail of Doctor Who books. Uh, people are saying it's that, but uh, because I haven't read the book and I don't really know anything about it, um, it mm. that doesn't really mean anything to me, but people are like, "Oh, M G. It's, it's the house from Lung Barrow. Oh, my <laughs> God, look at it. So I don't know. If it is that, I think there's going to be... A lot of fans that are going to love it because that book is so highly regarded or whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to me. All I can say is it looked brilliant. And I was intrigued by what the heck is this? And I'm really looking forward to when we go back uh, to that house to find out what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because the illustration, I think, for that book uh, with that house, it does look like that, Mm. you know, falling apart, you know, everything. And it's floating up in the cloud sort of thing. Yeah. So you can see why people have put two and or try and put two and two together. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean I'm i really intrigued by that stuff though. Really intrigued because it's just another little nugget of of stuff to look into. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, aside from the main story plot, which is the Centauran thing. So yeah. along with the flux, along with Swarm and Azure, we've also got this thing now happening with the Doctor and these visions that she's having. Uh which is really cool. So it's it's something else and you could argue that it was another busy episode with too much going on, but I don't think I would necessarily agree. I've seen a f- quite a few people say that there's still a lot going on, but I think it all just well. Fingers crossed. I think that's just all going to um, lead up to a really cool, you know, payout at the end. Hopefully, it,
6: it had time to breathe this this episode, didn't it? It did it again. It did have a lot going on, but it because I think it was an hour long. It definitely had nice moments where it just settled down a bit i love the scene you know where the doctor couldn't get in the tardis i love all this stuff that's going on with the tardis like you know when she was she couldn't get in it she couldn't find the oh, door yeah. she was walking around it. i was like that's such a simple idea and, but it was so um so creepy to see the doctor not being able to get in the tardis and her reaction to it as well so it's really like okay i'm on my own now because i like this this relationship the Doctor the 30th Doctor's got with the TARDIS she really all this you know talking to it and let me in and all this sort of stuff she does see the TARDIS as like her friend doesn't she yeah you know I think they mentioned it in the first episode didn't they Dan's like does she always talk to it like this (laughs) so that was yeah that was quite uh, horrific to see her getting locked out of the TARDIS and I thought it was a great scene
0: yeah it was dude yeah it was a good scene that
6: I just love all the stuff with the doors in the wrong place and the floor and all this goo dripping from the TARDIS it's like what the hell's going on love all that stuff
0: yeah that's cool what did you think to the little call back then to uh commander lynx
6: yes i'll always love it when I'd, yes mm. i did do a little way hey, when lynx got mentioned obviously yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm hoping everybody did
6: i'm sure they did yeah yeah yeah
0: because sure. that was cool because initially you thought um because you kind, it, it's almost like if they've they're thinking about lynx as this great hero You know, the guy that, the guy, you know, the centauron that um, uh, was defeated by the Doctor when he tried to take Mm -hmm. over Earth. But he was, you know, this great warrior that took on the Doctor and they're continuing his legacy and now they're going to (laughs) take over Earth and stuff. But really, you know, when you think back to, was it the Time Warrior? Yeah. Uh, Really, he didn't give that much trouble, did he? (laughs)
6: oh i do i do love old links but i know what you mean (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so um i did have a little chuckle at that it was awesome at first i was like oh they've mentioned you know an old story which is always a nice little thing Uh, did you think
6: sorry no i just thought
0: afterwards um as soon as he said it i was like "Mm, he didn't give him that much trouble really did he
6: (laughs) (laughs) this is links i guess say, did the episode feel long to you or did you think um did you notice the extra 10 minutes or did you think it it needed it or do you think they could have easily cut a few bits out and brought it to the usual 50 or
0: did it feel any any bits of it where you felt like it was dragging uh yeah I did yeah I could feel it yeah yeah and I think they could, um, they could
6: have cut it down to 50 I think easily
0: I think so yeah yeah there was a lot of um yeah, I think a lot of the stuff when Dan was creeping around the and base. I was going to say that. I, yeah,
6: yeah, I think that's when on the first watch when I was tired, that's when I was starting to think, "Come on, guys, you know, mm-hmm. wrap it up now." Uh, I, as I said, I'm, I'm not. It's not a complaint that it's an hour long because I, I did really enjoy it on the second watch, and it was good to have that extra ten minutes. But yeah, I, I felt there were a couple of scenes where, you know, they could have easily just chopped those bits out when he's creeping around stuff. Uh, that it w- you know, would have mm-hmm. tightened the episode up a little bit
0: yeah i mean it was good to have that because we did get a couple of scenes that were very cool the one that you mentioned when he sees Mm. them shooting the the prisoners and stuff and his face like you said was it was like horror he was horrified by what he was seeing yeah um but then the rest of it really it was just like you know james bond creeping around infiltrating the base sort of thing um but i'm glad they didn't cut the bits with him and Carvinista, so when Carvinista turns up And the banter between those two is so good and so funny. It is good, yeah. And uh, and that that scene as well, where the the doctor's talking to Dan, you know, on the screens and stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff was really funny. That was really good, yeah. And um, yeah, and the way that you know the carbon the carbon and uh, the carbonista turns up and saves the day, sort of thing for Dan. But also those scenes earlier, like I mentioned, with him and Dan's parents, Hmm. uh, they were really cool. So again that was like a throwback to uh whatever rtd episode where i think it might have been stolen earth you where everybody's imprisoned by the daleks but there's a couple of people that are sort of a bit rogue and out on the streets and taking them on sort of thing it mm. was yeah, that was dan's parents you know they weren't scared they weren't confined to their homes they just were out there with their frying pans and you know it's a bit of a Donna Noble vibes as well, you know, like Bosch and like that funny little they made it humorous like Donna Noble, like when she's like back of the neck. Yeah and you know, all that yes. stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it was it's almost you know what it feels like, dude? In between series 12 and this one, Chibbers has phoned up Russell and said, Look, dude, you've got to help me out. I need some <laughs> I need some help with this, mate. Uh I like what I'm doing, but there's a portion of who fandom that's just not feeling it. What can I do? And he's like, "Well, work on your characters, throw a few classic vibes in there and uh, and just get your interactions down and you'll be safe." So it, it's almost like he's had a phone call with him and and sorted that stuff out to a degree. Yeah.
6: Do you know, it's 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 a, like you said earlier, it's almost a shame that that um Chris didn't do this sort of thing earlier um because yeah, I think imagine if series 11 had been like this. We would be in such a different place now because I think series 11 just f- for lots of reasons, you know, the audience fell off like a lot of hardcore fans. Uh, they were there at the beginning because everyone, you know, if you think back to Women Who Foul 12 got such high viewing figures, you know, it's not like people were like, oh, it's a female doctor. Now I'm never watching it again. Yeah, there, there were people like that. But the viewing figures for that first episode were really high because people tuned in and you know, as the series went on, it just dropped and dropped and dropped. And I think there's quite a few reasons for that. Um, But imagine if we'd have got this or even if we got this in series 12, because for me, as I said, there's definitely been a turnaround. I've seen people that had almost given up. Like, I'll never watch a doctor again I'll give it one more chance are now loving this series. And they'll, you know, they'll say uh, a bit like us. They'll just be honest and say, yeah, haven't enjoyed the third, you know, Chris Chibnall era, but I'm loving this new series so far. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many people say that, you know, yeah, I'm back on board. You know, this is really good stuff. Why, why can't we have got this sooner? So somewhere along the line, you know, hats off to Chibnall I and mean, let's, let's give him credit. He's, he's he's obviously, plotted stuff out thought about things what he wants to do and uh, the thing that i think is most improved with this series and we're only two episodes in you know i don't want to get carried away but for me it's the characters mate we are you know the the whole like you said dan and his parents are instantly likable you got carvenance Carvenista, <laughs> and then he said it wrong again Carvinista who's a fun character who delivers the lines well you know you've got um dan who's just brilliant obviously dan and his parents already said that sorry you've got great villains like swarm and azure azure you know it's, it's just characters that are really really good and interesting and fun and uh, i think that's what's really making these these stories because there is a lot going on in t- terms of storyline it's all over the shop you know but um but these yeah, characters yeah. are really holding it all together and making it a, a really fun watch i think
0: yeah dude no i totally agree and that's the yeah. that's the core thing isn't it and that's that's probably why the RTD era is so popular and so well-liked because you can wrap it up in whatever you like. You can set it in history, the future, spacey stuff, historical stuff. It doesn't matter. If you mm-hmm. nail the characters, then that stuff just falls into place and you know is the wrapper for the story itself. So when you have a good a good cast and it's well-written, it doesn't matter where you, how you frame it to a degree. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. And he has stepped up his game. We've got, we have got to give him credit, so...
6: I mean, yeah. e- even Vinda, who's a character who, to me, is is probably the you know the weakest so far in terms of the new characters, um, is still I still find him more likable and relatable than say Ryan, who was in you know two series, who just was like a plank of wood for most. Sorry, <laughs> that's that sounds really harsh, but in, a lot of the episodes we said at the time, he just stood in the background, didn't even know the camera was rolling half the time you know at least vinder's got a bit of go about him and he's he's, you know and i said he's if he's the least interesting compared to what we've had previously you know there's there's definitely an improvement
0: yes there yeah defo defo mate yeah uh just a few things i want to finish up on uh before we get to some of the stuff that happened on the planet time um do you feel like it was a good resolution to the Centauran bit so that was quite cool that they realized that they have that very small pocket of time where the Centaurs are recharging their suits and stuff. So if they mm-hmm. sort of sabotage the, you know, the the stuff that charges the suits, they'll be able to to do that. And then, like you said earlier, uh, that bit where, um, uh, is it Commander Williamson or Logan? Gen- uh, who's the the general? Logan. Guy? Logan is the guy yeah. who
6: was uh, the doctor was having a lot of yeah having a beef Logan. With,
0: yeah Logan. So yeah, and then when he sort of He he sets fire to the gunpowder and it will blow up and stuff. And then it Mm. fast forwards in time as well. It's like the Centaurans are defeated across time, which is pretty cool. So um, it was like a real kind of high action blockbuster bit where Dan and um, the Carvinista they jump out, you know, as the ship, as it crashes into the whole Centauran base and everything. Mm. Uh, How was satisfied with you that that bit was all tied up? Because that was kind of cool. That was like Hollywood budget stuff almost.
6: Oh, I tell you what—the effect when the the ship crashed into the Liverpool docks um, was amazing. Mm. I was just—I sat watching this, thinking, "Wowzers! This this budget, you know this this looks incredible." for TV, like the effects and stuff. They've really put some time and effort into it. I, I thought the wrap-up was a little bit quick, but I loved I loved the idea. A little bit quicker in a sense that the episode was an hour long, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It just got to the last 10 minutes. It's like, okay, we need to wrap up now. But I, I do love the idea about, yeah, recharging the suits and the vent and what that's used for. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, so I liked the idea behind it, but it, it, yeah, it did feel like quite a quick wrap-up. But but I was kind of ready for it, I think, by then. but By the time we got to that point in the episode, I was ready for it. For a quick wrap-up yeah but yes. it looked incredible didn't it mate i know what you mean the effect this whole episode actually the the production values i thought were incredible um it, it looked visually fantastic i thought
7: you know yeah, for agree. the most
6: part yeah. there might have been like one or two i think the bit where skark skak how do you say his name the gen the commander when he's having the face off with the doctor of the rock oh there was a couple of bits maybe looked a tad dodgy but no on the whole this episode looked um Fantastic, like all the battle scenes
0: and all that were incredible, weren't they? It's like proper film film oh, yeah. type yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah, visually and production wise it's definitely the best it's ever looked, which you'd expect you know, as every year and every series goes past, you would expect you know technology to move on and more accessible, and, and yeah, all that but, stuff, but it's it looks um, yeah, it looks amazing, I mean, there is a slight danger here about style over substance, we have to be careful of that, yeah. I guess we don't want it to be well it looks amazing but it's a crap story that's the last thing you want you want it to be the reverse if anything so but you can't you can't deny though that it looks it looks bang on yeah it does but i tell you what did you not
6: think for an episode that looks so good i the next time trailer and also there's a little teaser trailer going out on bbc1 at the minute the the, the CGI looks really ropey in the trailer i'm thinking obviously they're really quick clips so we can't really judge it till we see it uh you know th- this week but yeah, it looks a bit, you know, there's a bit like the doctor falling through a purple-ish vortex or something, and then there's another bit where she stood in what looks like a desert, or something. And I thought, God, that looks really ropey. Is this the, is this the finished product? I don't know. It mm. might look good when we see it, you know, in context. But yeah, compared to this week's, um, the trailer looks a bit dodgy. But I don't know, we'll see. But this episode looked great.
0: Yeah, we'll see on that one, dude. It probably end Did up you not looking. Do not think good. that,
6: you know, the scene when she's falling through. I thought, oh,
0: that looks, that looks bad. Um, <laughs> Uh, not really just because it's so quick yeah yeah i think it would look okay though yeah Yeah. i doubt
6: it i mean yeah you can't go from this sort of standard to to really bad can you
0: no of course not uh just to finish up then uh it's really cool that there's some this whole there's such a massive story that's building here I'm, i'm hoping it's like i said earlier fingers crossed for this decent payout with the whole swarm and azure thing but it's mm. also affecting the TARDIS as well, which is really cool. So there's a scene yeah, there all that. earlier on where the doctor can't get into the TARDIS. She's pleading. She's like, Come on, it's me sort of thing. Mm. So the TARDIS, something's up with the TARDIS. And when she gets back in later, there's all this black goop everywhere and mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's being a bit stubborn. It doesn't want to land where she wants it to land and stuff like that and and uh and um and then it basically malfunctions and Partly on purpose goes to the planet time, where we go to that section. So that's a whole mind melt of that whole thing. I mean, it's mm. it's definitely something to do with the angels, I think, because the way they're stood in a circle and stuff, and they keep mentioning this um uh, quantum locked thing, which is just straight out of the weeping angels, isn't it? I mean it's yes, the it doctors is, yeah. use that the, against them at times, you know, where the TARDIS has dematerialized in blink and then it's left with the angels all looking at each other and they can't do anything and couple that with the fact that we've seen an angel already in the previous episode and stuff, so it's all it's all linked to that, I think, but the only thing I can also try and interject in terms of the story is you remember at the end of the end of time, part two where there's that character that we think is the doctor's mum. Yes. And there's another one and they're standing with their hands over their eyes. Mm. And he mentioned something about the angels sort of thing. So that then led on to a big fan theory that the weeping angels are actually time lords or something to do with time lords. Mm. And now we couple that together with, we are pretty confident that the character swarm is a time Lord from the doctor's past. Mm. I reckon it all links in somehow it all links into the time lords and the weeping angels and one has over millennia has transferred into the other one or something has happened to them hmm. uh, and maybe it's a timeless child thing as well i don't know but it's, it's just got,
6: yeah it's got it's got a link in somewhere isn't yeah. it
0: but that whole thing is freaking fascinating dude hmm. uh, did you did you think afterwards like how, what are they going to do with this how yeah the main thing is who is sworn that's the main thing
6: I'm loving those guys. I'm yeah. absolutely loving a And uh, and they brought in this new guy as well, Passenger. Who's he? He's
0: yeah, a he's big old good, dude, and yeah.
6: he? he looks really creepy as well. But that cliffhanger, mate, was brilliant. That reminded me of old-school Doctor Who, because they started the theme as he clicked his finger fingers, if that makes sense. So you hmm. sort of – it already ended, but you then get it to – because you think you're not – because the music started, you think you're not going to see him click his finger. So you think, oh, something's going to happen. But the music starts, it's ended, and then, then you see him go click. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's
6: actually he's actually done it. So it's what's going to happen? It? it was a brilliant yeah. cliffhanger, that, you yeah. know. But yeah, those
0: guys are brilliant. But who's Passenger as well? What's, what's he doing? Yeah, it's weird because they clearly don't need a bodyguard or anything. No. So I, I don't know what. He looks cool, though.
6: He does, yeah. Yeah, All all three of those guys look cool.
0: Yeah. So um, Sam Spruill, who plays Swarm, and Roshenda Sandell, those two. What a performance, man, from those two.
6: Brilliant. I love the design of them as well.
0: Yeah, they just look great. And probably one of the best baddies that we've had in Who for a while because the threat level is just off the charts. Mm. You know, it's not one of these wishy-washy, gives the doctor a bit of trouble for 10 minutes and an episode. And then it's the, the doctor just sorts them out in the last two minutes and it's wrapped up in a nice bow. Like I, I feel like the doctor can't do that with these two. They're mm. really powerful. So yeah, but, the, the, yeah, I
6: must admit Jodie's doctor looked terrified. Didn't she just quickly before we wrap up a lot of people saying this is Jodie's best performance. Uh How do you feel about that? Do you think she's, she's hitting a stride?
0: Um, yeah, I think she, I think it's, yes, overall the show has had a bit of a kick up the bum it feels like mm. so her and mandip Gill, i think have both stepped up again stepped up a bit since the last the last series but yeah i mean she def- there's still a few times where she does strange little one-liners here and there which they haven't shed completely but i don't think they will mm. but yeah she is a she is a bit better than before yeah she's not too bad
6: I think she had some very good moments in this. Um, but that yeah, there's still these niggly little, they still gave her some quite a bit of exposition in a few scenes as well. I'm thinking that's one of the things by now Chibnall should have ironed out, I think. There was a couple of bits where she was explaining what was going on. I think it happened two or three times. Like explaining rather than this being shown on screen. So uh, not Jodie's fault, uh, but you know, they're still giving her a bit of, gobbledygook nowhere near as bad as it was don't get me wrong um but yeah i, I thought it was i thought for the most part it's a strong performance from from jody there were a couple of bits where i thought oh it's back to that annoying you know like you said the way she's written and the way she performs it but for the most part i thought she was pretty strong in this one and i can see why people are saying it was a, her best performance there, there were some good moments from her i thought
0: yeah yeah like, she's she standing good, up yeah. to
6: stark and all that
0: yeah yeah she had a few good scenes and um one of the best scenes and uh, was when um, Logan, you know, when he knows, you can see in his face that they're going to lose. Mm. Even though the Doctor has explained to him, look, you don't stand a chance. She, There's that scene where she's telling him about the Centaurans and how they're bred for war and, and all that stuff. And the weapons that they've got are just useless. So even though the Doctor's reinforced that, and you can see in his face... When he orders them to attack, he knows that they're all going to be slaughtered pretty much. He still does it anyway because he's got that. Well, we can't come all this way and not engage in battle, it's just when I get home, that's not going to fly, sort of thing. Mm. And there's, there's two scenes there's that one where the doctor, so Jodie's performance at that bit where she's just like, What the frick have you just done? I told you that they were all going to die and you've done it anyway. So you're a complete dick for doing that. And then later on, even more so when he blows up the fleet as they're leaving and she's like, what? So those two scenes to me were one of the best because she's not trying to be flippant or funny or messing around. You know, she's like, that's like, you know, you've, you've properly screwed up here. And she's not happy, at all so today recall. Cool. But like you said, there was a, little, uh, a few of those little exposition bits where she's waffling on a little bit. And but I, I don't think they're going to change that, dude. I think that's just that's just how she is. Character, I think, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. It's just the Doctor. I did just a real small little note, mate. And it, this could be absolutely nothing, but you know, after the battle, we saw the general lying on the floor. and We thought he was dead, and then he sort of goes <gasps> and wakes back up. That kind of reminded me of, um, you know. <sighs> a bit like not when the doctor regenerates but i've, I've seen that before somebody you know like when they come back to life oh i know what it is no i think it's when you know when jack was brought back to life he did that sort of gasping oh, i've been brought back to life oh, it, i yeah, don't know it's probably yeah. nothing but yeah i was thinking I, i'll tell you where i was going with that i thought he's not going to be like a um division doctor or something is he because it it seemed like he came back to life but oh, i'm just right.
0: gonna
6: yeah yeah i might be completely on a on the wrong end there because maybe he was just knocked out or something
0: yeah i but didn't did take that it guard, as that, you know yeah he was like oh,
6: i'm back alive sort of thing i don't know probably nothing but that's actually that's what i'm loving about these episodes mate i'm looking for all these details i'm like really concentrating on this story like trying to pick out i'm finding things that aren't there but i like that i love the fact that i'm looking for stuff because you just have no idea where this is going and uh, that's what i'm loving about this flux thing so far it's yes. really got me like yeah. like you have been piecing together about the angels and stuff and it's really got our grey matter ticking, which <laughs> I think is great.
0: <laughs> it has indeed, yeah. 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 I took that I took that scene as uh he was faking it, mate.
6: Yes, I think you're probably right. I'm yeah. reading reading too much into it, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he knew he he screwed up and that's the Santa because uh we see the Sintyrons walking slowly through the carnage and they're yeah. they're shooting people that are still alive. Yeah. So I think he's faking it so he can just escape and be a bit of a coward, which he clearly is. So, yeah. 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 I don't think we'll see him again, dude. I think that no, was a one and done. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to mention, bud, before we get on to scores?
6: Uh, no, I don't think so. I've just written down WWTDD, what would the doctor do? <laughs> which I thought was kind of a nice thing, a bit cheesy, but kind of a nice thing that Yaz has just got written on a on her hand. But yeah. uh, no, I think and the music, I think is the only last thing to talk about. I thought Segan, uh, giving us some good thumping music. It was a bit intrusive at times. Uh, that's more down to the mix though. There were a couple of scenes where I couldn't hear what the actors were saying very clearly. Like I had to, you know, if I wanted to know, I'd have to rewind it and, and, and
0: listen carefully. Mm-hmm.
6: But, um, I thought the music was pretty decent. Some good sort of good themes going on with the Sontarans and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The music's definitely, Segan's definitely been briefed on this one to say, look, we need more, we need a bit more action and a bit more oomph. Yeah. So, yeah, we still don't have those iconic themes that Murray injected no. you know, with certain things, no. but you know, it's still it's still a step up and is not so atmospheric. It's more in your face a little bit more now. Mm,
6: it's yeah. a little bit more bombastic in places, yeah. which is cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I love that scene, by the way, with Yaz when she's got that written on her hand and Swarm knows it's there without even looking, and she's got that confused yes. like. How do you know that Oh man knows two, especially swarm can't uh, dude it's been ages hasn't it since we've felt mm. like I can't wait until the next episode to see what's going to happen with those guys because now based on this cliffhanger we should get a bit more information on that in episode three because they're all together now they're all mm. it would be a bit crap if if we did a whole they've woken up somewhere else again they're all in that place now, so I'm hoping we get a, a big chunk of what's going on with Swarm next time.
6: Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to episode three because then we'll be halfway, we'll be at the halfway point, mm. and I think by that point we should really be in the thick of the story and not necessarily getting some answers, but you know, we'll be uh certainly getting some idea of what's going on. I would have thought maybe, yes. but yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward again, like you said, just so cool to be this excited for who again rather than thinking. Oh, yeah, Doctor Who's on this Sunday, isn't it? I'm thinking, yes, Doctor Who's on this Sunday. I must watch it, you know. And, you know, it is uh, it is back to me wanting to watch it on transmission. Like I said, when I was at the BFI, I really wanted to get back to watch it, whereas I think if this had been Series 11 or 12, I, I would have been like, oh, I'll watch it tomorrow
0: on the iPlayer. So, it's
6: yeah, it's nice to be feeling that
0: again. Yes, yeah. Okay, scores then, dude. I think it's me to go first. You go first. I'm going to give this a 7.5. Be- okie dokie because i thought it was a good episode uh, enjoyed it it was a good watch i just feel like it it um it was just a bit slower than last week i'm not saying that's a negative but as a result of that there was a few things that then could have been chopped so i wouldn't have mm. minded if it was slower but if it was just at the 45 minute runtime um that you know as last week was and also i found that the st irons were a little bit just plain there were a couple of cool Character bits, but yeah, the centaurans brought it down a wee bit for me, but still a good watch, dude. Yeah,
6: yeah, I I agree with all of that, mate. Uh, I think, um, although it was nice to get an hour episode, uh, this might have benefited from being just tightened up at that little bit. I think it would have been a cracker, but it is good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten.
0: Oh, cool, an eight out of ten. We both gave the Halloween apocalypse 8.5 each, so okay, cool. After a strong start, we are indeedy, yes, so. Uh, an eight for sorry 7.5 for me an eight from him and uh normally we'll go through all of our audio reviews and stuff but we've got so many in this week that i'm going to montage them all and play them in so this is what joe turner will sanger isaac sigmar seb lane aaron lamb neil campbell toby Coleman, tom fallows martin arnold lewis palmer ian stevens and sean pickard all thought of war of the centaurans
8: hello and well if last week's episode was good. This week's has blown out the park. It was incredible. Where was this the last two series? Mary Seacole was probably one of the best historical figures we have had in a while. Um, I loved how the General had a um, Harriet Jones moment. The Sontarans themselves were incredibly cool and, and while I wasn't admittedly sold on the design to begin with I think that they actually were really good and menacing and also comedic apart from when they couldn't hit Dan at about 30 meters or less. Um, I liked how they called back the time warrior. That's John Pertwee one with Sarah Jane's instruction, I think. Um, but I love, I love the callbacks. Um, I, I thought the weakest part of the episode was with Yaz But even that was pretty strong, and I'm intrigued to know what Swarm and Azure are, and what they're up to. I did think that Swarm may have been Fenric last week compared to your Omega, but now I'm really not sure. By the looks of things, time is the enemy, and we're fighting time itself! (laughs) See you next time.
2: Hi, it's Sean here, and I just wanted to give my overall review. At first I thought it was gonna be a two-parter only because it seemed such as a big such a big story. I really enjoyed it. I thought the St were great. I thought just for a second <sighs> Strax was gonna appear, but unfortunately not. But I really loved the St. in this episode. I love their classic slash modern design. I think it's really good i also loved dan and dan's parents in this i thought that was really well done as well the swarm i'm starting to believe he is a time lord of some kind i heard one it was the Swarm's sister she said something in in the temple that they were in she said that they're all quantum locked and then what i get from that immediately is 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 that temple And those people around it, are they something to, are they something to do with the Weeping Angels possibly? Is that, are the Weeping Angels a much bigger part of the story? Anyway, I really enjoyed this episode and I think that I'm starting to definitely like this storyline. My review of this episode is 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Well, the presenters of Country File have certainly let themselves go. I mean, they've got the Red Skull, his sister, and one of the Mortal Kombat fighting bosses. Um, and they're all dressed like Jason Wingard. Uh, no, Jason King, Peter Wingard, in the 1970s. I'm so confused, I can't even remember my 1970s fabulous flamboyant detective characters. It's an okay episode. Like last week, it was. it's okay, but it's not grabbing me. I mean, this Flux thing, it's just more stuff that promises a resolution and because we've been so let down by these stories with these resolutions i'm just i'm you know i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling it i enjoy it for what it is the sun are great even if that ending was rushed you know scat was good lumpy, lumpy as ever don't know how he managed to sit on the horse without crushing the poor beggar but uh, that's the least of the show's problems it, it's okay um, Dan, no, get, sorry, John Bishop, he can't act, he can't act, oh, 7 out of 10, it's good, it's not bad, it's just not great.
3: War of the Centaurans was absolutely epic, I'm stunned. This is the best interpretation of the Centauri to be seen in Modern Doctor Who. Honestly, Chibble just gets how to write returning villains. Jonathan Watson, who played the main Centauri called Skark, was incredible, the acting was great, and it's exactly what I expect from a centauran. John Bishop once again smashed of the park. He was funny, and I loved the partnership him and Carmenista are forming. It's unusual to see a companion and a side character form a bond like this, but I'm here for it. It was a shame that Yaz didn't get more to do, although the temple stuff is really intriguing, and I love how Chibnall's managed to keep everything interconnected whilst still writing compelling, action-packed stories. Visually, this episode was impeccable, the shot where Carvinista and Dan fly the ship into the Centauran fleet, blowing it all up, looked like a movie set piece, and the scale of the battle between the Centaurans and the British was breathtaking. It was great to see the Centaurans demonstrating why they are the most feared soldiers in the universe. The mention of links was great, as well as the Venusian karate thing that Perp used to do. The sidecasts were decent, but my god, how good was Swarm and Azure? After several failed attempts, Chibnall's finally created a Wormy series villain for Jodie. Obviously, it's Clint the Master. I mean, they're so sinister, and their general aura is just uncomfortable. But I love it, and I'm here for it. So overall, I'm going to give this episode a 9.5 out of 10. Thank you.
5: Hi, Mo from France here, reviewing Tom Baker's second story, The Pirate Planet, from season 16, The Key to Time. Of course, that's not true, but let's be honest, kids. That's where this is headed, right? All the signs are there. For the Mori, read the Mentiads from Pirate Planet. That floating prism thing is the modern iteration of the Megara from Stones of Blood. The Swarm Hellraiser world is ripped straight from the Armageddon factor. Get real, folks. The Black Guardian is here somewhere. We just don't know who he, a bleak stroke she, is yet. Look this second outing. The Sontarans are real nasty. Quote, your blood will soak our uniforms. And your bodies will soften our step. It's brilliant. And the dark SM shizzle is always going to float my perverted boat. No idea where it's going, but I'm fully on board. For further thoughts, check out my podcast, Different Doctor, Same Old S. Hope you don't mind the self-promotion there, guys. It's a straight 7 out of 10 for me. Nailed on. It's great, great, great. Hello,
9: Susufi Jabati. All right, mate. Calm down, mate. So, War of the Sontarans. Visually, very good. I like the Sontaran design. It reminded me of the Sontarans from the two doctors in the Colin Baker era. Visually, the shots of the Sontarans in the Crimea, and more so even down at the Liverpool shipyard. I thought that was very good. Just a pity they didn't blow Anfield up. I love the shot of the map, and instead of it being Russia, it was Sontar love that i thought mary's sequel was a bit of a waste it was more like she was just fired in as filler and she didn't really do much it was like you know just stand over there and take notes and i'll come back and see later on bit of a waste the idea of them invading at two different time zones was an interesting one and a good one on paper but i don't think they executed it well enough dan's parents two brookside legends when's jimmy court were going to show up I loved the reference to the Time Warrior and Lynx. I thought that was superb. Love a wee throwback, me. And with regards to other strands of the story, there's a lot going on. It is still confusing. Hopefully, it all comes together soon. It wasn't a classic, but it wasn't a bad story at all. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10.
10: Cheers. Hello to the Big Blue Box Podcast. um I cannot get over how much I enjoyed War of the Sontarans. I. I, I'm in love with this episode. I thought it was absolutely sensational. I thought Jodie was the best she's ever been. I thought the just the the tone is my perfect ideal Doctor Who tone. It was it was just it, it knew how ridiculous it was because it was ridiculous and stupid and absurd and Doctor Who is absurd, but it also had the threat you never want it never once took you out of it because there was so that you were invested in the characters you were invested in the story but we'd also have lines like i don't understand anything that's happening which i love it just, just tonally it was it was just perfection i i thought jody was the best she's ever been um this is the best doctor who has been in years and it's got people talking the cliffhangers are incredible the fact that the production team pulled this off during covid you wouldn't you wouldn't know absolutely fantastic production um everything about this worked that perfect mix of drama and humor and camp value you know this is a show where someone can defeat the monster by whacking them over the head with a wok you know um i cannot wait week after week i really like series 11 not so keen on 12 but i really like 11 but you know this just knocks spots off both of them um so far this series flux is killing it absolutely loved it see you next time guys
4: hello going adam so War of the santa Um, It was definitely a step up from part one, I think. I was a bit bit harsh, I will speak, giving Halloween Apocalypse a 5 out of 10, but I enjoyed this one. I think the highlight of the episode were definitely the Sontarans. Um, They were just hilarious and evil and, you know, when they executed those three humans, that was brutal. Um, I think Dan was brilliant as well. I loved the carving Easter. I back up my point, as I said, uh, last week. I do think they should have a spin-off together. That would be absolutely awesome. I think the scenes of Yaz were okay, but not some of the best in the episode. Swarm and Azure, is it? Uh, they were quite good. Josie was all right. Still a bit... There were scenes where she was just doing exposition, and it kind of it was a bit annoying, really. Um, Mary Seacole was fine. It was just a very... Enjoyable rock I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Bye for
8: now. War of the Sontarans was a very good continuation of Dot 2 Flux, and I preferred it a lot more to the first episode. I think it's easily the best the Sontarans have been in the modern run of the series. They are merciless and cruel, and they're the best they've been on TV since the Santaran experiment. I think it's one of Jodie Whitaker's best performances, although she still did suffer from too much exposition, and Dan was great. The new villain trio are very creepy, although the plotline with Yaz and Vinder felt like it left this impression on me, and the talking lamp things felt very silly. The story had genuine stakes, though. Chris Chibnall really should have taken this approach from the very start. I'm going to hold off an overall rating since so I've seen all six episodes, but it's looking very promising.
11: I'll be able to talk about the war and the Santorans. This episode, I thought, was pretty good. Cool. Um, I really like the Sontaran, Sontarans in this episode. It's really surprising that we've got a Sontaran episode from so long. As I feel it's been since 2008 that we had last episode the, uh, the Sontaran episode. And this is pretty good. I like that they kind of, they're kind of manipulating the flux for their own end. Jodie Whittaker was very strong in this, really um, going toe-to-toe with um, both the general and... Um, the Santara in general showing that she can hold her ground and be you know, even though she's vulnerable in this episode, can be quite strong and, you know, take charge. Um I love Dan, um treating the Sontarans in um, dockyard in Liverpool in the alternative timeline. But that was really good. That really reminded me of um the uh, Journey's end with Wolf thought was really good. Um I'm not too sure about the morning. Um I'll we'll have to wait and see about that. But yeah, up to now, I'm kind of like, oh, are they going to reveal where the doctor comes from a bit too soon? I'd um, rather that kind of build over over the season. But yeah, okay, episode. I give this a 3.5 3. 5 out of 5.
6: Hey guys, hope you're both keeping well. i really enjoyed these last two episodes, especially chapter 1. I went back and rewatched series 11 and 12 prior to Flux. It was good to revisit episodes I'd seen only once before. Series 13 certainly stands out. I already feel invested in the ancillary characters that were introduced, as well as the antagonists. I also felt an emotional resonance with Jodie's performance when she felt the universe breaking and stared down the flux after transitioning between each of the characters that were set up. I hadn't felt as emotionally gripped by the series in a while. It was good to see all the Zontarans in battle, and the reference to Commander Lynx, have a feeling Dan and Carvanista will end up being best pals by series end. Overall, positive. So, chapter 1, 8.5, and chapter 2,
7: 7.5. Cheers! Hello Gary and Adam, oh, Isaac Sigmar here. What did I think of the War of the Sontarans? Well, I thought it was a generally good episode. Not as good as last week's per se, but I still think it was really good. The Obviously the big elephant in the room is the Santarans. What did I think of the Sontarans? Well. Let's go back to when the pictures were first released. I didn't really like the mask very much, I just thought, I know the colour obviously represents Link's from from the Time Warrior, uh, and I really love the Time Warrior, so I was glad to see that kind of look back, the armour obviously reflects that very heavily. But the mask I didn't really like in the photos, but actually seeing them move in this episode And, of course, last week's episode, I think, actually looks really, really good, and I really like it. Obviously, Kevin Lindsay's performance in the Sontaran Experiment, and, of course, in the Time Wario, are both excellent. And, you know, the Time Wario is a great story. Uh, My big bugbear from last week's episode was the Doctor and Yaz arguing, and thankfully, right at the beginning, we see them get separated. And it's like, well, we're not going to get any of that in this episode I thought John Bishop was also very good in this episode. And yeah, that's that's my review. Uh, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. I thought it was a, a generally good episode. Not as good as last week's, but still really good. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, guys, to uh, taking the time to record your audio reviews. They are awesome, as always. We're going to move on to the socials, as usual, because uh, we had a few, but I can rattle through those. So Nick H says, I can't fault the SFX and general production design, etc., but the Sontarans are a bit rubbish, are they not? Worse shots <laughs> since the Stormtroopers. Also, the yeah. tactics of the British soldiers not accurate. Anyway, 8 out of 10. Not a bad score. Oh, 8? Okay. Yeah, The Courier of Who says, a solid second episode was a little slower. In my view, is what episode 1 needed. St. Tyrens were superb, but for me, again, Dan was the main event. Jodie is going up a level, it seems, every episode. Really exciting stuff. Solid 8.5. Cool. Our writer Jordan Shortman says, absolutely brilliant. The St. Tyron's were excellent, frightening, and funny in equal measure. Dan was excellent here, too, running around with his wok. Uh, Jodie yeah. was on fire, f- I was on fire in form, and swarm. <laughs> Jodie was on fire she was on fire Jodie was on fine form and swarm and as you were deliciously sinister this series is shaping up to be Jodie's best yes Uh, Dan Johnson says amazing my only qualm is it never had any time to breathe it would have worked within the new format but a two-parter could have explored the premise a bit more Mm, okay. Neil Brighter Moon. one of a long time listener, says likely my favourite episode of Jodie's run. It reminded me of the Tenant era with timey-wimey aliens in eras past, but then mixed with relatable Dan and his family fighting Sontarans in Liverpool docks. So yeah. much better than last week with great pacing. Jody was ace, 8.5 out of 10. Mm, and no, he also posted a potato picture with a face on it, <laughs> which I assume is a Sontaran. Thank you very much, Neil chippy t says broad church structure in who main story and everything else revolves around it standard but brilliant chibnall storytelling jody is brilliant as the doctor the sci-fi fizzing with ideas the action relentless first time for ages twitter hasn't been filled with hate mm. nine out of ten that's a good point chippy t Amazing. and what time eh because it's it's crap in it dude it's awful when uh, a new episode goes out and then twitter's just this toxic mess of
6: yeah, everyone yeah. hating on everything. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah, it's very good. Doctor Who home says, "I desperately want to rewatch it. I've uh, seen only praise, but for me, it felt like a step back, more mm. in line with a series twelve episode. The main thing I can say is, yes, I like the story. The times were great. The dialogue just lets it down. It takes me out. Still a six point five or a seven. Fair enough. That's yeah. Fair enough, dude. And lastly, on Twitter, Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian, says, "Wow, it's like watching a completely different era." Jodie plays a convincing doctor. The storyline is electric and a good balance of intrigue, fear, and comedy. I mean, look at that wok. (laughs) The entire cast delivered well and it was good to see faces from years gone by. Brookie in brackets. So a nine out of ten.
6: Nine out of ten? Okay.
0: Uh, Where Sarah says Brookie, people are not aware, I think she means Brookside. So probably some cast members from Brookside, which is a TV sitcom drama thing that was on. No, it's not a, sitcom, back like a You know what I mean. A yeah. soap. A soap, yes. And over on Facebook, uh, Kylie Walker says, loved it, felt like RTD era who. Mm. Jeff Waddle says, certainly the best the Sintyrens have been since the 70s. And what an absolute belter of an episode. Not much to could be improved on. Nine or ten walks out of ten, shaping up to be a brilliant season. And Jodie is rocking it. Wow, nice one, Jeff. Jeff is normally quite hard on the old. He can uh, be critical. Can be, yeah. So mm. good to see Jeff liking this one. Uh, our writer, Harry, says Centaurans were banging but underused. Swarm and Azir are the best original villains in a long time. Not as good as last week, but not awful. A six out of 10. Sweet. Aaron Ball says very good. Centaurans were great. The best TV storyline in a while, with them better than the series four one. Jodie is much better. Yaz was underused, but it's all set up. Very pleased with what we had. 8.5 out of 10 Chibs stepped up his game since Series 11. Yes. Uh, Chloe Anderson says 10 out of 10 purely for the line. And also, I wanted to ride a horse.
6: Yeah, I liked that bit. A few (laughs) people didn't, but I I liked that line.
0: and lastly charlie turner says better than what i was expecting it to turn out to be like and although it was only two episodes at this point it's possible this is my favorite chapter of the story so far as the pace is slower i just hope it turns out to be all good from here on but i am not personally getting my hopes up just yet nice to see dan starkey back though and the scooby-doo reference was funny
6: yes (laughs) actually i forgot to mention that 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 scene, uh, uh, that was another really nice moment from Dan as well, where the Doctor's like, you can come with me if you want. The way he played it, again, just so understatedly lovely. He's like, thought about it a little bit. It's like, yeah, I think I would, you know. Lovely
0: scene that. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. John Bishop, yeah, he's having a belter so far. He really is. Yeah, yeah the o then, dude. So thank you very much to uh, all of our reviewers. The guys are sending the audio clips and the socials. It's uh, awesome to see and to listen to what you guys think of the episode. So next week, Buds, what have we got? So next week, it's called Once
6: Upon Time.
0: Once Upon Time. Yes. Yes, I am saying that right. Yeah. You are, yeah. So we now know that the... The time thing is actually a physical thing it's a planet that they're on and we'll see how that transpires so we saw cybermen didn't we in the trailer we did yeah yeah Mm. it's all kicking off dude it is it's going mad so far we've had weeping (laughs) angels and tyrants now we're getting cybermen it's all good stuff so i think we'll wrap there dude for episode 331 all righty thank you, thank you for listening to our show this week, that was episode 331 it's been great to have you here listening to us waffle and review Doctor Who so a decent score again this week 8 from Adam, 7.5 from me and a relatively good score from our listeners as well so it's great to see Doctor Who rocking and rolling and being positive and everything out in the Twitterverse and all that stuff, so that's great next week our review will obviously be chapter 3 of Flux which is Once Upon Time so that sounds really interesting, so once again, we'll be asking for your thoughts and everything, and so make sure you get it watched, which I'm sure you will anyway, and look out on the socials next week because we'll be asking for your, for your reviews. In the meantime, make sure you follow our podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or any of those things. Uh, so you don't miss a show and it lands every single Friday and if you've got a minute to leave us a review or a rating then that would be awesome because it helps us out a lot so again something like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com those kind of things or, or if you listen to the app there's a really cool podcast app not rocking around at the minute called Good Pods uh, if you've not checked that out go and give it a, a download and stuff it's a very um, uh, it's like a social uh, kind of podcasting networking uh, category thing so yeah you can leave a review on there as well which would be awesome Uh, also head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our episodes for free on there as well Uh, plus you can read all of the reviews and articles from our writing team to go and check that out we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links on the website or do a search for us come and give us a like and a follow and we have a free discord server link on the website come and hop over there and chat dr who with other who fans also remember to check out my co-host content over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. Yeah, The Geek's Handbag. Go
6: and check out my vids. And I'm also on those socials. Insta, Twitter, Facebook.
0: <laughs> and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yes, so go and do that. Rightio. Uh, stay safe and healthy, you guys. Um, enjoy Once Upon Time on Sunday night. And we will see you next week for our review. So until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Hey. Hey de sí. sí.